are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Oh, is a wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. And there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, it's a jam-packed show as always. It's part two of my crossover with Javi Reyes, host of Locked On Padres. I think it's still pretty relevant because we talk about things like Hassan Kim. We talk about uh, the Will Myers resurgence. Is it real? I guess it is based off yesterday's game. Uh, we get some D-backs talking there. Well, I even sneak in, of course, that I love to do. I sneak in a little Mike Trout versus Mookie, Be- uh, Mookie Betts debate. So there, there's a whole bunch we talk about in today's pod. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Locker Room because this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week. Well, not this week. Join me next week, actually, when I'll be going live. Don't know what day yet, but I want to go live during one of the games to do a little post-game reaction. So you got to get in on the action. Go to Locker Room in the iOS store. Download the app because it's changing the way we talk sports. Now, let's get into that conversation with Locked On Padres host Javi Reyes and I. One guy who did, you know, get a major contract extension that you mentioned is Fernando Tatis. He's locked up 14 (laughs) years, $340 million. How does it feel to know the face of your franchise is here to stay? You don't have to worry about the Mookie Betts or Francisco Lindor thing. You know, it's it's awesome. And someone I'm I'm stealing a point that I saw on Twitter from somebody. I forgot who it was. I'm sorry for stealing your point, I guess, if you're listening to this. But someone brought up that they were like, what, Carlos Correa? is going through right now with that that offer and very publicly being like yeah i'm testing free agency waters like because they kind of lowballed them that's i think what a lot of padres fans were afraid of what if we get to this situation where they try and like save money and they do this whole thing instead they were like man we love you man be a star here be the star of san diego here's your 14 year deal and some people said they were like well he actually that was a a, 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 a tremendous like um what's the word um discount you know and Mm. that's true to an extent but you're also making a huge assumption that a guy who hasn't played a full season's worth of games continues this and more importantly stays healthy tatis he looked at that money he said i don't have to worry about it and he said i am good this money is great and i'm here for the next 14 years like i'm happy here and he sees that the team clearly wants to contend he's not going to be in say a mike trout situation at least hopefully right now where you're hopefully. like oh my god like i signed to this place and there's nothing to oh i said i said your favorite player's name yeah. don't, <laughs> um, don't get me started that's a trigger word over here that's the trigger word for miller miller's the only baseball fan i know where like mike trout has become his brand in almost a bad way it's <laughs> the trigger word but um yeah, I think it's it's a lot of fun, but it's definitely them avoiding that situation that um, that the Astros might find themselves in. 
is awesome. I like that they just they don't have to worry. They don't have to worry that there's going to be something, oh, you know, something really bad that happens that they're going to, oh, they're they're trying to underpay him or whatever. They, he decided, you know, it works both ways. If he's awesome and he's doing Mike Trap things for years and years and he could have got a $500 million deal in 20, you know, 30, whatever. Okay, sure. But then at the same time, it's you don't know for sure. So he's settled for the guaranteed money. And I think that's cool. And I think that part of the reason he did that was because of the clear willingness by ownership to be on his side, not manipulating service time. You cannot tell me that that did not play into um, his willingness to want to sign, resign with the team. They said, no, you're ready. So we're bringing you up. We're not doing any of this baloney that other teams are doing. You can't tell me that that didn't pay up uh, dividends. And them trading for Snell and like we just talked about with the offseason moves, that has to be part of it. It feels great um, for sure. And it is, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's so funny looking because now we've been both doing this pod for a while. Um, Like you were really bullish on your team last year. And I have to say, I guess I'm going to pivot now into kind of my questions and my point about your team. Believe it or not, Millard, you ready for this? Let's hear it. I've gone back and forth. At one point, I called the NLS just a super top-heavy team and that it was just Dodgers and Padres and that the other teams were going to be bottom. I think that's only true with the Rockies and poor Ryan Latico, who is, you know, it's going to get dark. I think it's going to get dark. Everybody tune into that podcast. Send me a DM if you hear him like slowly losing it. I need to be able to check up on my guy just in case on episode 120 when Trevor Story is back. He's batting 340 with with 25 homers, but then the rest of the team were eight and 65. <laughs> like, like when he starts losing it, please let me know, guys. I want to check up on my guy. But I actually think, and you mentioned this, about everything that could have gone wrong for the D-backs went wrong. So my thing is, is there a regression to the mean at minimum to be expected? Will Cattell Marte, you know, like you said, the power was just gone. I think he only had like four home runs last year or something like that, which was, or no, two home runs last year. I'm looking yeah. at it now. And his on base was a little bit low uh, at 323. His slugging was down. The OPS, like just not a great year. I don't think he's a bad player. I, I was expecting a little bit of regression, but that was extreme. The only thing that seemed to go right for you guys, which in fairness you called was Zach Allen turning mm-hmm. into a great starter, which unfortunately though, he did get hurt, I have, which is, yeah, I know you just did this type of thing and you were like, oh, no, <laughs> I don't want to talk about him. But I think the D-backs could be at least certainly not a rollover, not a pushover of a team, because I am expecting maybe Bumgarner will be at least, you know, and you know me. We talked about this last year. I am no fan of Madison Bumgarner. I think he's annoying. I think he for years because he was so talented and so good that people didn't kind of um you know, um, whatever the, the the term is, you know, kind of calm out on his BS that he was pulling mm-hmm. with. Oh, oh, you. He even did that with Myers. When Myers flipped his bat, he's giving him the dirty. I'm like, it's not your, it's not his fault that you've given up like seven home runs to the Padres today, you jerk. Um, <laughs> and that's putting it lightly. So trust me, I'm no fan of his. But can we expect a little bit of regression to me? Can Carson Kelly bounce back? Can Eduardo Escobar bounce back? Can Christian Walker, who somehow was one of your better players last year, David Peralta, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, Cole Calhoun, who had like 16 homers. Is there anything to be expected that this team can maybe bounce back and be a little bit interesting? Or are they similar to the Rockies, just a team that the only story we're going to be wondering about is, are they going to try and offload some of their best players at the deadline? 
I'll answer Javi's question, but first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Yo, the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation with Javi Reyes. No, I think they definitely can be a competitive team. Again, I think they could fight for a wild card spot. I think they're more likely to finish, you know, around 85 wins than make the wild card. But I think they can be competitive. I think it just depends. Will we get that progression to the mean like you've been mentioning? And I'm probably confident in at least a few of the players that they could do that, like a Ketel Marte. I think a Luke Weaver can do it. We saw it in 2019 when he came over. He was a stud for the D-backs. The guy I have the least amount of confidence in is the highest paid player on the roster, which is Madison Bumgarner. His fastball velocity is just going in the opposite direction. Only averaged about 88, 89 miles per hour last yeah. season. And it wasn't much different than his off-speed pitches. So there would, he just wasn't able to get hitters off balance. And he was giving up a good amount of home runs, like 13 home runs and like 40 innings pitch or something ridiculous. Couldn't go through six innings one time last season. So Madison Bumgarner is going in the wrong direction right now for the team. And he's not even a guy that's that old. He's only about 31 years old, which is still yeah. crazy. But he's been in the league for, you know, over a decade, broke in when he was 19 years old. So hey, he just has a ton of mileage on his arm. So that's really the biggest question, I think, is Madison Bumgarner. Garner, but have some more confidence in the other guys of course we don't know what zach allen's gonna be uh i think we know what he's gonna be but we don't know how long he's gonna be out for with that injury they don't really have a timetable right now and it's pretty scary it sounds like it's not like a tommy john kind of situation which is you know the blessing he doesn't have to go see dr james andrews because that's basically the kiss of death when you have to go see that guy and for the rest of the team you know i I believe in a keltel Marte. yeah maybe we're gonna see some regression from from uh 2019 but that guy finished fourth in mvp voting that season he was an absolute stud Christian Walker I think is a really good player where I've been saying you got to watch out for in your fantasy draft yep, I have one I tonight there you go what about I starting got, first baseman I got a draft tonight that you you know bailed out on me on but it's okay <laughs> 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 I did not bail out bro there's a potential that if I every league that I would have five fantasy leagues this year and I'm just nervous although I have to admit I was I was before we uh, started this call I was about to be like I mean uh, maybe it's it's just the draft is so fun you know what I mean but then when I'm I don't want to like I don't know it's it's tough do you still have any spots left no, I don't actually. Okay. You filled it up. I had it out one ready for you, and then you bailed. But no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, for the D-backs, I still like the team. I still think they have a lot of talent on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we 
are the third best team in the division. I, I won't count out the Giants. Last season, I thought the Giants were going to be the bottom feeders in the division, and they were feisty. Maybe most of that's because of the short sample size, but I don't want to count them out heading into the 2021 season. So I think the D-backs have a lot of talent. It just depends if you can get those bounce-back seasons. Escobar, I think, is still a stud baseball player. Can he just, you know, he comes into uh, camp more in shape this season, so hopefully that works out for the team. Carson Kelly, it's basically a make-or-break season for him because we got Dalton Varsha, one of the top catchers, prospects waiting in the wings to take his job if Carson Kelly just does not perform so the D-backs I still like the team on paper but this team is you know nowhere near playoff contention by the trade deadline then I think we are going to see some of these dudes uh, get offloaded a little bit but let me throw it back now to you Javi and what I want to ask you is uh, let's see what well, I got a couple of questions here that I want to ask you but one uh, I want to ask you one other move about the offseason because mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of an underreported move I, I don't know how big of a move it is I'll ask you that in a second but Ha uh, Sing Kim, the, the guy from the Korean League, he mm-hmm. was, uh, maybe I'm butchering his name, help me with the pronunciation, but he ha was an absolute. Kim, yeah. Ha Sung Kim, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute stud in the Korean League, just looking at his numbers, just, you know, across the board. I don't know how that translates to baseball. So that's why I kind of want to ask you about, because I feel like that would just underreported. That would just kind of, you know, it was during the time when the Padres were making all those moves. And then it was like, whoa, they got Kim too. And no one even talked about it. And he just seemed like mm-hmm. an international stud. So is he going to be an everyday player for, you know your Padres and what are your expectation levels for him so Kim is one of the more interesting things about the team they decided to basically have a lot of depth when it comes to second base you know they've got Cronenworth who should be the front runner and he is going to be the starter uh probably for most days and then they've got Jerickson Profar who they resigned and then Kim I think Kim you're right it did go unreported but I think part of that is just because that was all in the same day and understandably the Darvish and Snell moves were just a lot bigger and then you take into account the Tatis extension and Musgrove and then Keone Kella Mark Melanson that people forget a little bit that like that would have been one of the headline moves for a lot of teams I think I think a team like Toronto uh, before they ended up getting someone like Marcus Simeon that that would have been like the main biggest uh, move of the offseason for a lot of teams. So I understand a little bit why I got underreported, but I think it's an upside play. I think that for now, he hasn't been super impressive in the spring. It's He's definitely adjusting. Uh, he's adjusting to major league pitching. He's adjusting to the speed specifically. I have no issue with uh, the off-speed stuff and the you know curveballs and all that type of stuff. I think that he'll be able to adapt to that. He's got power and he's got speed and he's a great defensive player. So that's another thing about him. This isn't just some slugger only guy who's just going to that, – that's all they got him for. No, like they want him to be an all-around type of player, which is great. Um, and they got him on a, a contract that is really team-friendly too. They got him for a four-year contract worth $28 million, So that's not too much. That's not too bad. So – I think part of this is them saying he actually is a little bit of a longer term play. I think they're not necessarily expecting too much of him this season. All of my fantasy baseball fans out there who are expecting a a 2020 guy, a 20 home run, 20 steal guy, which is the type of potential he has. I'd be a little bit careful on that because I don't know if he's quite ready yet. And that's okay. This is not a Padres team that needs him to be amazing immediately. Um, because of thank thankfully because of the outbreak the the breakout of Jake Cronworth who hopefully can repeat they just have a lot of assurance there and they got a lot of upside there um, but I'm excited for Kim and I think that it just goes to show you how really it's such a diverse team too in a lot of ways they bring in Darvish they even Joe Musgrove with a Texas edge Texas <laughs> attitude Chris Paddock like I can't wait to see how these guys interact with each other uh, which was already a fun team last year and I can't wait to see how they are this year but Kim I'd say it's the adjusting his swing is fast but can he kind of still adjust to the major league 
uh, level of pitching. I would say at the beginning, no, but look out for him a little bit on as the season progresses, but do not, I think penciling him in as this like rookie of the year candidate is a little bit of a mistake. I think he's a guy that is a long-term play and they're hoping that, especially if we hopefully get the DH, that maybe that might be one of the positions that they could have him uh, be at, which I, I feel like you're already, that's another thing. The, another the trigger word. DH. Another trigger word. It's the DH. Man, I, um, I want a lot of so trigger bad. words. Because yeah. Millard has the takes. He, he's definitely, I mean, I think you're top five in the MLB uh, network for being a big fan of having a take. You yeah. like issuing your takes and you stand by them. I mean, the Mike Trout one was the infamous one and that, yeah. that got you into some trouble almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got you in a little bit of trouble, but uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's it for my kind of thoughts on Hassan Kim. I'll sneak in my Mike Trout debate with Javi Reyes, but first I want to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar because we've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It is Bilt Bar Madness. Today's matchup, it is the coconut brownie chunk versus cookie dough chunk. This is an easy one. If you love chocolate chips and and things of that nature, regular cookie, you know, regular chocolate chip cookie, then the cookie dough chunk is made for you and me. And if you want to vote, go to builtbar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who become the test who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Arm Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, and I back it up the Mike Trout, you know, take with it with the stats. I got the facts behind. We talked it. about that a lot. We yeah, talked yeah. about like the the weirdness of baseball, mm. where and I get it, but it admittedly is a little bit weird. Where Mookie Betts is winning all these these things, he's making big, he's having big moments in the playoffs. Granted, for a much better team, mm-hmm. um, but. It's just like he's the guy almost, but he's not the best player. And I get it, but it's just it's it's weird how baseball works, I think, where that's kind of the case of what's happening. And I talked to you that I thought Bregman actually should have won the MVP that year because I was like, I, I don't think Trout was was he better? Yes, but I don't think he was significantly enough better to take away from the Astros are the bigger story that year, and more people knew about Bregman and his awesome season. And I think that deserves part of it. Is it Mike Trout's fault? No. But that's just kind of how I felt about it. I know now we're, we got to be careful because I know that you're, you're he's itching, guys. He's like nibbling at the mic. He's ready to I go I got the in, gears but, uh, moving. Yeah, and he's I, ready you know, to go in. So he's got to go one careful. sidebar real quick on that, you know. <laughs> and, and it's not that I don't think Mike Trout's the best player. I think it's arguable. I think it's up for debate. And I probably lean Mookie Betts in. It's because, you know, baseball right now is so analytics driven. It's all about the tangibles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mookie Betts, I think he just has the things you don't see in the stats. I think it's the intangibles. I think he just has a certain energy that radiates not just throughout himself but throughout his whole team and I think 
he he just brings a different level of you know that outside energy to the rest of his squad members that Mike Trout just doesn't do. Yes, he's a fun guy. He's got good personality, but I don't think he impacts the other players like a Mookie Betts does, honestly. And when you watched him and JD Martinez together, Mookie Betts was always helping out other dudes with swings and giving him notes. And maybe Mike Trout does that something too. But with Mookie Betts, I just feels like he he has such a greater impact on the dudes around him and not just you know what he's doing at the plate as opposed to Mike Trout. So. That's just my quick, you know, Mike Trout ran. We won't have to get too far into that because I do want to ask you about another player on the Padres because uh, Will Myers kind of had, you know, a, a resurgence of a season in 2020. Of course, yeah. it was short sample size, but what, like 15 home runs or something? He only had like uh, mm-hmm. 18 or something the previous year, and 155 games. So are you buying this Will Myers, you know, resurgence? Well, so I think it depends. So there's there's two ways of thinking about this, which is, Number one, some people are like, is he genuinely – this is – you just talked about intangibles. Is this one of those things where Myers, who's always been described as kind of a laid-back guy, a little bit of a goofball, famously has that one picture where he's uh, – <laughs> it's like super high or whatever. Um, and then he has the the moment on Twitch when someone's playing Fortnite where he makes fun of Andy Green. Like a little bit of a goofball, a little bit of a laid-back personality. Was he kind of this introverted guy who didn't necessarily like being the guy that had to be the star for the team, which is what he was for a while, like the biggest contract for a Padres player in like history. Um, And instead now he's like the seventh most important guy, like six, like most important guy on the team. And then all of a sudden he's really producing, you know, and he was, you know, we talked about this um, not too long ago. His clutch stats were amazing. I was like, what is going on? This guy's been amazing. He was mostly just known as a guy who would beat up on the Rockies in Colorado and hit for the cycle and all that, and then San Francisco, right? But now I'm starting to have a little bit of faith that I'm watching him like extend the bat across the plate to get go for a single. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And then also, if I'm not mistaken, here's here's a little you know you know uh, uh, you know uh, Coors Light cold cold hard stats um, that he <laughs> I think led the league in home runs off of non fastballs last year, mm. and that is not what he did. It was always fastballs for him. Any off speed thing, you got him. Any curveball, any changeup, you got him. You know, uh, a splitter, uh, a, a fork ball, whatever you want to throw, he would you know struggle with those a lot. And all of a sudden, he adjusted and became a guy that could hit those off-speed pitches. So there's hope for it, but it's definitely not a lock. And I think him along with Hosmer, those are the two biggest questions. Can they repeat? Can the kind of adjustments that they made, Hosmer with the launch angle stuff, he famously you know, always hit the ball into the ground. Um, it's just, oh God, don't get me started on Hosmer. Um, can he, along with Myers, replicate what they did? That will make the Padres extremely dangerous if everything that they did last year was legit. Machado, Tatis, even Grisham, all those guys I really do believe are 100% legit. Um, but can Myers and a, can especially Myers, can he be for once not just this streaky guy that had a nice 30-game kind of sample size? And I am optimistic that he can, but I will definitely not – you know, if I, I don't, I don't believe I'll, I deserve to get old takes exposed if someone takes out my clip and be like, "Oh, you idiot! How did you believe in Myers?" Well, it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but I am rooting for him because, wow, what a pivot it's been watching this guy just be so much more fun, so much more laid back, and look like he was having a lot more fun last year. That walk off against Seattle and the doubleheader, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. So I'm hopeful, but gotta gotta be cautiously optimistic. I think is yeah. the way to put it. And Will Myers, only a year younger than Madison Bumgarner, if you believe that. Crazy. I know, right? Uh, and uh, Hosmer was actually going to be my next question, but he did kind of answer it there because I, I, you know, his time in, you know, his first two seasons with the Padres, you know, haven't been 
in super spectacular or anything like that. Probably nope. hasn't looked too good. But, you know, his contract is kind of front loaded. And, you know, the last like three years of his deal is only mm-hmm. making $13 million. So how do you feel about the Eric Hosmer deal right now? I mean, you did mention his numbers like the launch angle were increasing some of the advanced analytics. We're starting to go his way. And I had him on my fantasy team. You know, he did have a lot of injuries last season, which kind of yeah. hurt me. But he was pretty good when he did play. And pretty much whenever he came back to that lineup, it just picked up where he left off. So is he another guy? that you think you could be cautiously optimistic about heading into the 2021 season and how do you feel about that uh about that contract um the contract i think from the very get-go was a little bit of this is a lot for a guy who has never been a very good plus defender despite the gold gloves which is a great example of why gold gloves are a little bit of a popularity contest um and he's been a guy that's very inconsistent throughout his career. He's the the and he's like the San Francisco Giants, where like the San Francisco Giants would win every other year. Eric Cosmer would be every other year that he'd be good. And then his best season came the year before of a contract year. That was like, oh, okay. And they brought him in a lot of it because of veteran leadership and stuff like that. And he'd be a great clubhouse guy. And you know, it is good that the back end of the contract isn't as front loaded, but we really need and we really need to hope that this year that he showed last year was him finally learning and adapting and being a guy that could at least he's not going to be in the top 10, probably a first baseman, but at least do not be a liability to the point where I'm like, can I just get a Christian Walker? Can I just get a heck uh, an, an Eric Thames? You know what I mean? Like, can I just get anyone like that? Because at least they're not going to be making as much money as you are for what you do provide. So I'm, I'm optimistic on Hosmer. Um, I've always thought that they take it a little bit easy, honestly, for reasons. Um, I guess I'll just, without going too deep into it, on him uh, in the media in San Diego a little bit. I think they aren't as hard on him, considering that he really hasn't performed due to being, at the time, the biggest contract that they gave out. And then, of course, Machado comes in. Um, So I think they did take it a little bit easy on him. But I'm hoping that what we saw last year was legit. And there's reason to believe it. But just like with Myers, if you told me that he reverts back to what he was in, 2018 or 2019 i would not be that surprised but even still what's great about the padres is even if that does happen that does not mean it's the do or die like the end of the world season there's still a lot of guys like tommy fam who's going to be coming back and i think fam is going to be awesome this year i'm very optimistic that he will return to his warlock status that i proclaimed him as before the season before he started getting hurt and all that stuff so very excited for that yeah um, I'm- I was just going to say, Hosmer, just another guy who has been in the league a decade, feels like he's super old, but again, just only 31 years old. So it's not like he's, you know, coming out of his prime. He still has a, you know, three, four more years where he could play really high level baseball, you know, all-star caliber baseball. So I still like the the Hosmer contract. And by the end of it, it's only going to be around $13 million, like I said before. So it's not Mm -hmm. like he's going to be killing you on the books. And right now the Padres are such a deep team. I mean, uh, We'll see what their team looks like in five years. You know, you Darvish might not be there anymore because how old is mm-hmm. he? I don't have his age right here, but he's like Darvish 35 like 30, or something. 33, 34. Let me look that up real quick. I forgot. Yeah, so he's a little bit older, but he's still got Blake Snell. He's still got Musgrove, who's young. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. And guys, uh, you know, the D-backs lost yesterday, but I'm feeling good today, Merrill Kelly Day. Merrill Kelly versus Blake Snell on the mound tonight. I'm excited to watch today's matchup. Hope you guys are watching it too. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!